0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The favor of God is something that God has placed upon all of us. You as a Christian can make a decision to align yourself or position yourself for God's favor. Who of you here wants God's favor upon your life? Everybody is facing challenges and difficulties. How is it that God takes a rustic boy like David, uneducated, looking after sheep, turns him and makes him a king? One of the greatest kings Israel had ever seen. That's the favor of God that he placed upon a young man to do unusual things. A Moses. A murderer. A criminal. God made him a deliverer. Because God's presence, God's favor upon him. Paul. Persecuting the church. What is the key? I want to share that with you. So you can say with all confidence, I'm highly favored. It was Mary. An innocent 13 year old, 14, 15 year old. When angel appeared to her and said, you are highly favored. Do you know why? Because the Son of God, the Word of God, is going to be on the inside of you. Heavenly, this is a message to all of us. When the Word of God is on the inside of you, you are highly favored. Whether you like it or not, she was highly favored. You know, with Jesus on the inside of her, she was on a donkey. Just because you have Christ on the inside of you does not mean your road will not be bumpy. She had a bumpy road on that donkey. But what was on the inside of her remained there. Amen. It's almost like there's a season of Where we just have to teach the word of God because I think many Christians have been taught wrong things. Some Christians are messed up, they don't know if they are Christians anymore. Sometimes people send me things, then I see, oh my God, what's going on? What's happening in the church? This is not church. The heartsore thing is that people believe it. Amen. It's very simple to serve Jesus, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. Amen. Hallelujah. So, as I've said, I want to minister this morning on being positioned for God's favor. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. He said, The race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong or the mighty or the courageous. But opportunity and chance comes to everybody. When God is your shield, when God is your protector, when God is your exceedingly great reward, this by itself implies that God chooses grace rather than works. That's how David, a rustic young boy, could become a deliverer. Uneducated. Uneducated never been trained as a king, never grew up in a royal family. But God's favor upon his life changed everything. Moses, a murderer, a criminal. God's favor upon him. He became a deliverer. Led Israel a type of the church out of a place of bondage, Egypt to the promised land. God chooses grace rather than work so that no man should boast. It was the angel that appeared to Mary and said to her, Highly favored! Why? Because Jesus, the word of God, would be on the inside of her. She would give birth to the Savior of this world. Family, when the word of God is on the inside of you, jesus christ you're highly favored matter of fact the beauty of heaven is jesus christ he's the highly favored one and as we position ourselves in christ you've positioned yourself in favor turn with me in your bibles to the book of acts chapter 16 I think one of the best examples, Peter, the fisherman, working the whole night, frustrated, tired, depressed, putting in every effort, doing everything that he knows how to do it. Doesn't catch one fish. And in that disappointment, God had an appointment favored him so he can become a fisher of men when you know that god is in control of your life even in disappointment disappointment can you imagine if he caught the fish that he wanted if he had his heart's desire nets full clean the fish clean the nets Maybe told these guys, okay, carry on, I'll see you tomorrow. And when he would have walked off that beach and missed Jesus. But in that disappointment, there was appointment. Even in that time, from a natural point, that seemed like a failure. Jesus was supporting his position and was ready to take him from where he was to where God wanted him to be what is your seemingly difficult situation that you are facing right now? What is the empty net that you are holding right now? What is the thing that you've been working, toiling, putting all your energy and time in and not had the desired result and saying, God, where's your favor? Where's your blessing? I'm working harder than others. I'm doing more. My net is empty what is that situation that you are facing? In that situation, you can know you are highly favored. Because even in disappointment, there's an appointment when you know God is in control of your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 22. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Tell me, listen to me. Don't give up. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't give up. Jesus will not allow you to be like others. Amen? Some of you are looking, and in my heart I know this morning, some of you are looking at your families and saying, you don't know where I'm coming from, pastor. You're looking at a situation where family members have been dying. And you think you're next. Looking at family curses, looking at disappointments. The Jesus that you serve is alive. There's not a situation that he's not aware of. Acts chapter 16 verse 22. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. A great crowd gathered and all the people joined in to come against them. Have you been in a situation where it feels like everybody is against you? Raise your hand, let me see. Am I talking to the right people here? Well, that happened to Paul and Silas a great crowd gathered together and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman official ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose." Family, when I read this, there are so many things. Number one, everybody was against them. You know what this teaches us? Don't look at man's majority, but look at God's authority. Everybody was against them. After they had stripped them, they had beaten them. Severely, the Bible says. So they were in pain, experiencing what the people had done to them. Then after that, as it was not enough, they were thrown into jail. They placed in the middle of the jail. Chained. Bound. Feels like they cannot move and do what they have to do. The Bible says, at that very moment, at midnight, at the darkest hour, they made a decision to praise God, to exalt Him. And the Bible says the other prisoners were looking at them. When you say you're a Christian and you go through a tough time and you're being beaten down and you're being stripped down and you're being locked up and it feels like you cannot move, people are watching you. Not believers, unbelievers. To see how you will behave, And they made a decision to worship God, to praise God, to say, thank you, Jesus, you're in control of my life. The Bible said at that moment, a miracle took place and the doors were opened. Paul and Silas had made a decision to position themselves for God's favor. in your situation that you are facing right now, have you positioned yourself to attract God's favor? Remember, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. What the devil wants to do is, he wants you in your moment of pain to curse God. To say, is it worth it to serve Jesus? Look what I'm going through. The devil wants you to question your sonship. Remember, when the devil tempted Jesus, he said to him, if you are the son of God, when you know you're a son of God, forgiven, sanctified, being made righteous, that's the most important thing about you. Now, if they beat you, If they say that you are a criminal. Accusations. Blackmail. You just have to ask the question in your heart. Am I a son of God? Because the peace that God gives you is not as this world. It's a peace that comes from heaven that says, I am forgiven. I am righteous. I am holy. These accusations... Are not true. I'm not even going to take offense. What you are saying about me is not me. You want me, devil, to act out of character. I'm not going to behave like you. I am going to forgive these that are wronging me. Remember, what is the thing? That attracts God's presence. Where is God's eyes? The Bible says his eyes are on the righteous. That does not mean you must be self-righteous. His eyes are upon those who look to Jesus, the righteous one. He who knew no sin, who became sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God. Now, in that situation, when you are looking at his righteousness and unrighteousness is coming your way, you continue to plant righteous seeds. When they curse you, you bless them. When they despitefully use you, you pray for them. Does that sound like a teaching that Jesus gave? What was it? Remember when we started? I read from Lamentations, those who wait patiently upon the Lord. What was it? The decisions that Paul and Silas made. They made a decision to wait patiently on God to do what He said He would do. God's way in every person's life is different. They made a decision to fill their lives with the beautiful colors of praise and worship. And they were in prison, and Jesus came by the Holy Spirit and set them free. Remember, the same happened to John. John was also in prison. Do you remember John was in prison? When he was in prison, what did he do? He sent his disciples to Jesus and said to Jesus, go to him. Remember, I am John. I'm giving you my version. I heard the voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm the one. I had the revelations and I said. This is the Lamb of God. I'm not worthy to tie the laces of his sandals. This is the John that saw the dove or the, the Holy Spirit ascend upon Jesus like a dove. So he had quite a bit of experience that this was the son of God. He had a revelation. That it was Jesus who came to set the captives free. He sent his disciples to Jesus and he said, Go tell him I'm in prison. What was he saying to him? He was saying, Go tell him I've been taken captive. He's the anointed one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. My disciples go to him and tell him to come and set me free. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Go tell John. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The demon possessed are being set free. And tell John. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What was he saying? He was saying, be careful. You have an expectation of something that I should do. But I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to do. Don't get offended. I am who I said I am. Sometimes we want to tell Jesus what to do, and Jesus is busy doing what he is supposed to do. Am I helping some of you here this morning? What God has told you, He will do it. Paul and Silas were patient. But while they were patiently waiting, they filled their lives with the beautiful colors of praise and worship. The devil wants you to act and behave out of character. In your moment of pain, in your moment of suffering, what are you saying? Because in that very moment, when you're still exalting, when you still say, God, you are good, it's one of the ways you position yourself to attract God's favour. Remember, Job went through exactly the same thing. Pain and suffering and loss. And his wife came to him and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just do what all the rest do? Complain and murmur. All of us have enough reason to murmur and complain. Paul and Silas beaten severely. Everybody against them. They could have complained very easily. God, why did you give me this assignment? Everybody is against me. Nobody helping me. It's just me and Silas here on our own. Nobody to help us. God is the one who chooses to see what we go through. You decide how you go through it. Amen? Job's wife came and she said, why don't you just curse God and die? it over and done with. Why don't you just say God is not faithful. He's not come through for you. Why are you holding on to your integrity? Remember, Job understood something. He understood the righteousness of God. He understood the blood of Jesus. Matter of fact, he said I'm righteous. He says, if there's unrighteousness in in me, Lord, you can pull my arm out of my socket. He was saying, I'm living a righteous life. Gentlemen, you know what Job said? You can go read it. He said, if I've looked lustfully upon any woman, another man can come and bend over my wife. Didn't know that was in the Bible, eh? He was saying, my thoughts are pure and holy. He teaches us, he says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I don't even look upon a virgin. Men, you can learn from this. Make a covenant with your eyes. He said, even a young girl that's innocent, that's pure, I don't even look upon her. He says, my eyes are one place. Upon God and my, his own wife. Amen. Men, you can look at your own wife. It's okay. Amen. As a matter of fact, that's the one place you must be looking. Amen. If you just look at your wife, that's all you'll know. Amen. If this is, you just look here, this is all you know. But it's when you start looking at other things, then people get confused. Amen. Gentlemen, this is what Job said. He made a covenant with his eyes. He does not even look upon a virgin. Some of you are looking so much on your cell phones and surfing the net. Your eyes wouldn't know what is a covenant. It's nonsense. Even if you're 18, even if you're 28, even if you're 38 or 58, I don't care. Make a covenant with your eyes. If the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous... Make sure you're filling your mind and your heart with righteous things. Amen. Not everybody is doing it and everybody is looking at it. It's nonsense. Everybody that wants to follow the ways of the devil is doing it. Yes. You're a Christian. So be a Christian. Amen. Cannot watch X-rated or R-rated movies. It's not a way to attract God's favor. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accept His ways. You accept His rules. You accept His will. This is the problem that we have today. People want to say a lot of things about God and who God is. Why will God allow this? But have you allowed God into that situation? Let's be very careful, even schools. Make sure that you include God in everything. If we include God, He'll be there. He's a gentleman. Amen? He knocks at the heart, the doors, at the door of your heart. That's not for unbelievers, He's talking about Christians. Saying to Christians, open your heart once again and allow me in. Family, listen to me. You get two kinds of Christians. Those that want to fight for God and those that allow God to fight for them. If you want to fight for God, you're on your own. But when you allow God to fight for you, you'll see what He will do. People, that allow God to fight for them, they're quick to forgive. They don't keep grudges. They have humble hearts. They have sincere hearts. They don't get offended easily. And even when offense comes, they forgive quickly. But people that want to fight for God, they're more interested in revenge. I'll get you. We'll get even. Just wait. Those are not Christian way of speaking. And we cover it with some spiritual things. God is God. We need God. God does not need us. We were in need of a Savior. And Jesus came to help us. Listen here. 2 Timothy 2. Family, listen to me. God has come to restore glory back to you. The enemy will do everything to get you away from that. So he wants you to act out of character. That means he is going to try and tempt you. If the devil could tempt Jesus, it teaches us it doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. Listen to me. The way we respond or react when it comes to temptation matters. Don't tempt the devil. The devil tempted Jesus. Every time he answered, it was the word of God. When you are tempted, it's very important that your heart is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. For the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because God says in every temptation, he'll make a way out. But if your heart is not sensitive, how can you be led by the Holy Spirit? When you're offended, when you're full of bitterness, you cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes we are the very ones walking away from the favor of God. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. 2 Timothy 2 verse 23. Stay away from all the foolish arguments of the immature For these disputes will only generate more conflict. Don't just fight to fight. You missed a good place to say amen. Some of us are known that we can speak our mind. Don't speak your mind. Speak your spirit. That part which is linked up with God. A heart that forgives quickly. For a true servant of the Lord Jesus will not be argumentative but gentle towards all and skilled in helping others see the truth, having great patience towards the immature. Then with meekness you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. This will cause them to be rediscover themselves and escape from the snare of Satan who caught them in his trap so that they would carry out his purposes. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patience in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Family, when you fight and when there's strife, The book of Proverbs teaches us, strife is rooted in pride. What does God do with a person that's full of pride? He resists him. So what is the strategy of the enemy? Is to get you to fight. Is to get you to be offended. Is to get you to quarrel. Because when you quarrel, a servant of the Lord is not argumentative. A servant of the Lord does not quarrel. Because when you quarrel, you are using your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh by which you bite and devour each other. You've engaged in spiritual cannibalism. Eating, killing, biting and devouring is not the nature of a Christian. God will fight for you. You don't have to fight for yourself. God will be your shield. God will be your protection. I'm not saying now, don't discipline, correct your children. Young people, you don't come and say to mom, don't correct me now. This is what I'm talking about. Amen? Amen? That's what I'm talking about. That's part of your training, the Bible says. I'm talking about just fighting to fight. When you fight and you argue and you start saying things that hurt, hurting people hurt. It comes from a heart that hurts. But one that is linked up with God, his hurt has been removed. He's been forgiven so he can forgive. Does not keep offenses, grudges. If you are fighting the whole time, the Bible says there, you surrender your will to the devil and not God's will. It says, you as a Christian should pray for that one, that he comes to his senses. You must be very careful that you don't step into that same trap because most people rely on man's majority instead of God's authority. Paul and Silas, everybody was against him. But they did not look at man's majority. They looked at God's authority. So whether people are cheating you, stealing from you, I mean they are throwing unrighteousness at you. You as the servant of the Most High God that are clothed with righteousness, continue to walk in righteousness. Because Jesus is on the inside of you. Family, listen to me. There's one who was highly favored. His name is Jesus Christ. That one is on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you because of his righteousness. As you keep yourself in Christ, you are highly favored. The enemy will try everything to get you to act out of character. You can hear when somebody is blessed by what they say. When somebody uses foul language, what do they say? He is cursing. How can you be blessed but you are cursing? Can good water and bad water flow from the same fountain? No. If this river is linked up with Jesus, the living water, it purifies everything. Are you blessed? Family, there's nothing more ridiculous than to allow your current situation to cause you to doubt God's promises. There's nothing more ridiculous That would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing the fiery furnace and saying God is not their deliverer. They did not doubt their God. And they made it known to the king. I'm closing with this. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Are you there? So let me help you quickly here. Very practical way. I'm going to read that now. How do I position myself for God's favor? Jesus Christ is the highly favored one. The beauty of heaven. When we are in Christ, you are highly favored. Jesus is the word that became flesh. That we have here today. So when you position yourself in the word of God, you've positioned yourself for favor. So when you allow this word to dominate your heart, you're allowing favor to dominate your heart. And if you believe that in your heart, that you are highly favored, you'll start to say it. You'll start to confess it. The way that you walk will change. The way that you talk will change. Amen? Have you seen how somebody walks that's got money? Have you seen them? You've not seen it. You've not been to one of these fancy restaurants or these fancy hotels and then somebody walks in there with money. Can you see it? Brother Simon, have you seen those guys how they walk? Be honest now. (laughs) Look how he's laughing. You see them? He knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Somebody that, even when they come to church, if somebody thinks, oh, nothing is working out for me, they'll even confess the devil is loose in my life. If you want to confess that the devil is loose in your life, don't come and complain by the pastor, amen. Change your confession, because even if we pray and we bind the devil, when you walk out here, you say again, the devil is loose in my life. (laughs) What will our prayers help? (laughs) Amen. But when your confession changes and you believe that you are highly favored, a person that feels nothing, they, their shoulders are hanging like this, they, dragging their feet like this. But these guys, I've seen them, when they come there, they, they walk like their shoulders are back like this. I've got money. You see what's parked outside? I've got money. Now whether there's nothing parked outside, or you have a fleet of cars, it's not a thing that God looks at. The first area where you are to prosper is in your spiritual life. When you prosper in your spiritual life, all the other things will be added. Those things don't make who you are. If your faith is in your money, you're bound to be disappointed. Because if you have a lot of money, you think you have a lot of faith. But when you have no money, you'll have no faith. Your faith must be in something that's constant. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus' favor is constant. Amen? So listen to what the Bible says here. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? family, listen to me, we position ourselves for God's favor by looking into the word and acting upon it. He says, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? The highly favored one is on the inside of you. Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Family, the word of God dwelling on the inside of you is equal to To Jesus personally being on the inside of you. Amen. The degree that you yield to the word of God is the degree that we will see the manifestation of the word of God and it's working in your life. Do you believe what the word of God says about you? Then start acting upon the word of God. The Bible says we are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. When you start to prosper in your spiritual life and you seek the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added. But when you start looking for the add ons, when you just look at money, a large portion of life will just pass by. He says, examine yourself whether you are in faith. Why? Because faith is the only thing that pleases God. It was because of unbelief that Israel did not enter into the promised land. He says, test yourself to see whether you are in faith. But there is not unbelief in your heart. He says, don't you know that Jesus is on the inside of you? The highly favored one is on the inside of you? There's a way that you can disqualify yourself. You know how we disqualify ourselves when we don't keep ourselves in righteousness? Not your own righteousness, Christ's righteousness. You need the grace of God. Do you know how you disconnect yourself from the grace of God? Now it's very quiet. There's only two reasons I found in the word of God where you can disconnect yourself. I know I cannot even quote the scriptures because some of you will say I want to read it. So let's read it. Galatians 5 4. This is a serious moment. Because grace is what we rely upon. You have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Listen to me family. You know what that means? He's saying, you who want to be self-righteous, grace cannot speak for you. You that say, I don't steal. I don't commit adultery. I don't this. I don't that. I don't that. And you say, I obey the Ten Commandments and do nothing wrong. He says, you want to be justified by your own self-righteousness. You have fallen from grace. You are saved by grace through faith. Putting your trust in what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Old Christians, listen to me. Don't become self-righteous after you've served Jesus for 10 or 20 or 30 years. Still rely on the grace of God. Because when that grace starts to work, He used to steal, won't steal anymore. He used to lie, won't lie anymore. And after a while you think, I'm getting it right. It's grace. God chooses grace rather than works that no one should boast. That's the first one. So don't think it's you. It's never you. It's Jesus. Amen? Let's go to the next one quickly. Book of Hebrews 12. When you allow the word of God to have the right in your life, you allow Jesus Christ to have right of way. Hebrews 12. Am I a grace preacher? Yes, I believe in the grace of God. But I believe the grace of God is there to help me to serve Jesus better. The grace of God is not there for me to become a better sinner. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close I can live to sin without sinning. It's living for righteousness. Okay. Let's close. Hebrews 12 verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Family, if grace has been shown to you by God, and He has forgiven you, have grace and forgive. Bitterness is the result of an offense. a matter of fact, if you get to a place of bitterness, it's very dangerous. You've taken offense already. When offense comes, there's resentment. After resentment, there's unforgiveness. After unforgiveness, it's bitterness. After bitterness comes hatred. So when you are bitter, it's a root of bitterness. You're in serious trouble. You're offended. There's resentment. you know what's resentment? Resentment is when you're keeping somebody at a distance. You come into the church, hallelujah, I love you, Jesus. And you go sit that side. You say, oh, there's, what's the name sitting on that side? I'm not sitting that side. I'm going this side. And you're hallelujahing Jesus here, but God looks at your heart. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Paul writes and he says, not that we are sufficient, or that our sufficiency comes from ourselves, but our sufficiency comes from God, who's made us ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, He'll keep you in righteousness. When you are aware of the fact that Jesus is on the inside of you, the way you respond to people will be different. You'll know the Holy One of Israel is on the inside of you. When somebody curses you, you don't curse back. You bless them. Why? Because Jesus is on the inside of you. Remember what Paul said on the way to Damascus when an encounter with God. Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? said, Lord, I'm not persecuting you. I'm killing these bad Christians. said, no, you are not. You are busy persecuting me. You are not persecuting them. It's the Christ on the inside of you, aware of his presence, that will make you behave differently. Remember, Jesus said, when I was thirsty, you gave me water. When I was hungry, you fed me. Why? Because there's Jesus living on the inside. He says, test yourself to see whether you're in faith. Do you not know Jesus is on the inside of you? When somebody is beating you, they're not beating you, they're beating Jesus. When somebody is cursing you, they're not cursing you, they're cursing Jesus. That's why you bless them quickly. Because they're in big trouble. When somebody despitefully uses you, you quickly pray for them. Lord, don't take the food. Don't, help me forgive. You Pray for them. You to see. They don't know what they're doing, Lord. Lamentation says, because many of us sit under a thing and we say, I can never be blessed. I can never experience the favor of God because of what's been said over me and my family. What a teacher said, you're still remembering it. What a parent said, you're still remembering it. What an aunt said, you're still remembering it. The Bible says, whatever people have spoken over you, as a Christian, it can only come to pass if God approves it. Family, listen to me. Nothing can manifest and come into being unless God approves it. The blessing is greater than the curse. Turn to the person next to you and say the blessing is greater than the curse. Tell them again, say the blessing is greater than the curse. God has positioned you and made a way for you to attract God's favor. Make sure that you keep and hold that position in Christ Jesus and you'll see what God will do. It doesn't matter what's pressing against you, continue to plant righteous seeds And you'll have a righteous harvest. See you love. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.